This is the one with yet another moon base. Yet another killer form. Yet another weather controlling station. And yet another lumbering alien invasion. It's called the moon base. No, it's not. It's called the invasion. No, it's not. It's called the ice warriors. Shut up. It's called the seeds of death. Oh, yeah. Here we go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Talent, Boot, and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS. We're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal road. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Who back when? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to C048 of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or dog past. This week, we'll be reviewing The Seeds of Death. <laughs> yes, we will, indeed. Yeah. Another Troughton serial. <laughs> uh, and it's, as as you've probably heard in the intro, quite a lot like other Doctor Who oh, serials. Oh, it's a point. rehash of some of the, the best ofs of uh, prior classic Who. Can I ask you a question? Okay. Who the shit are you, man? Hey, it's Nick Laley, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Nick. And who are you? I am Ponkin. Yes, Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> oh well without we have no f- housekeeping do we so should we just jump into a bite-sized chunk of who yeah let's do that three two one and time for us to synopsize lebify and summarize so take a pew and grab a brew and listen to this all of you this free for all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who bite-sized chunk of who good news planet earth we've invented the magic cupboard it's TMAT, the most boring way to describe transporter technology, and like other future tech, it's controlled from a moon base. Holy smokes, are those ice warriors? Why, yes, Jimmy! Lumbering, asthmatic, and poorly organized ice warriors have taken over the moon base in an effort to find a new home in the bloodiest way possible. Bisco Oba, you, you are, are welcome. welcome. Bingo bongo. Okay, give me give me a first impression. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I had forgotten quite a lot about the Ice Warriors. So as preparation for today's recording, not only did I obviously watch The Seeds of Death, which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, perfectly intact. You can find it online. Go to Daily Motion or wherever or buy the DVD. But I also, in preparation for this, listened to our previous uh, Who Back When episode, our review of uh, the Ice Warriors, mm. and not a lot's changed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either because I feel like I don't need to. <laughs> and this. Uh, I mean, I was walking down the street uh, on, on my way here, sort of grappling with myself to whether to bring this up, because I feel like I've done this a lot. In fact, one one uh, Who Back Gwen fan pointed this out, that it sounds like I've only ever listened to or watched five, five, like, serials total. But fuck me, this is the same as the Moonbase <laughs> and really the Ice is. Warriors and a little bit of War Machine and loads of all the other uh, fucking stuff I usually What's say. the one that we... That, uh, another one that you were on, the one where Troughton plays two characters, Second. the Enemy of the World. Oh, the Enemy of the World, yeah. In which the, the bad guy has invented sun store technology right and it's like this whole special thing like holy smokes he revolutionized the world by inventing a way of storing and i guess repurposing solar energy right was that him because also Pretty yeah, sure. I mean, there were like earthquakes and volcanoes he could predict that shit. oh but he also but that's just a consequence oh, right, of yeah. storing sun i think <laughs> in the universe but in this episode that's like a total given i mean they hide in a solar cupboard at one point yes it's just like oh well that exists it's just like your <laughs> airing cupboard yeah there's the boiler there's the solar power room <laughs> yeah. Also, there's the linen cupboard. <laughs> Calamity mean, ensues whenever you get them mixed up. Well, quite. Yeah. <laughs> now, so I watched the first episode, yeah. and I was pretty excited. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, 
you know, it would it was it was sinister in the right ways. It there really was, is. You know, it, it, I wasn't upset that there wasn't a you know. Obviously, you you heard the the Ice Warriors. Um, you know, Commander Vlad, whatever his name. Uh, in, okay. Vlad. <laughs> I can't remember this one in the Ice Warriors. The guy's name was Commander Varga. I th- I reckon we can just call this one Commander Varga. <laughs> <laughs> cool, let's call him Zaga. Uh, Zaga? Because it feels like... To mix it up a little different. bit? Okay, Zaga. Uh, Zaga, not to be confused with, with Varga. Varga. I don't know, something. Come on, anyway, <laughs> as soon as you hear the voice, you know. I will still refer to them as Brendan Fraser's, by the way. Brendan Fraser. <laughs> um, and that, that was cool. I mean, the cupboard thing, um, the team at... What I really liked was the infomercial. Um, about oh, it. yeah. That was really I forgot cool. about the infomercial. Yeah. And uh, basically, uh, so Michael Ferguson directed this one, I think I'm right in saying. Uh, possibly. Who also directed The War Machines. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and some other things that will be in now in the, the future. Um, and Brian Hales wrote this, who created Celestial Toymaker. Ooh. And, and obviously The Ice Warriors. In, in the ice world. Bingo bongo. I yeah. n- I've checked out zero trivia for this one. So you can think that though, that confluence of a creative team. You should be able to put together a pretty epic serial, I think. Well, no, but that and, and what I was getting at is that they've, they've obviously dipped into their collective toys, you know, their chest of tricks, um, which is why this feels familiar, is because... Yes, but it's also, like, it's squandered potential, isn't it? Because they've like, already yeah. proven themselves to be fantastic... Writers, collaborators, etc., creative minds, and then in instead of creating something new, they've gone back to yeah some of the classics. But that's fine. I mean, we've gone over this. Spoil this. I freaking love this serial. I mean, it's terrible and it's great. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I, yeah. I loved. There's, there's a past tense there. Oh, okay. Until until the major reveal of of you know the foam fungi and its weak point. Um, oh, I see. What, let, the yeah, water? Let's, yeah, let's start at the start of the, the end, right? And, you know, spoiler alert, this, okay. is, this is knocking off giant percentage points for me. <laughs> it's, have you ever seen the movie Signs? Uh, the M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong, uh, what's the racist name? Mel Gibson thing? Yes. Not, yes. Wait, yes, I have seen that. Yeah, so, yeah. and I, I think I saw Is it, it the common much. cold or some shit? No, it's water. Oh, it's water? I'm pretty sure it's water. Why would you come to a planet that is predominantly made of it? Well, quite. <laughs> And it's the same problem here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's not... It, but wait, hang on. Is it, It's not the ice warriors that are... No, no. Mutual, it's but the, the foam. The, the, the foam. So the foam is touching things and getting in the grass and getting people. There's water in the soil. And in the people. There's water everywhere. And, and in, in the, the people. Air, That's one of my... Oh, fuck, I can't say that anymore. I can't say that anymore. That is in my notes. I've written something like, aren't humans 90% water or some shit? Everything on planet Earth is some <laughs> giant percentage of water. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I just hate that so much. It's so... Because they had me up until that point. It's like, that's a wicked... You know, so the seeds are going and, and yeah. doing the groundwork and in a biotech, you know, sort of biological warfare way. That's really dark. That's happening. People are dying. It's it's re... You know, it's fucking with the atmosphere. Yeah. All that stuff, right? Made sense to me. Why... As soon as he started grabbing beakers and throwing and, like... You yeah, know, I was just looking for my notes for that scene. knew it would be fucking water. But... It, okay, I can't find... I can't find that particular part of my notes, but... He throws so many different chemicals on it. It's just like this acid and that acid and this whatever and that and that and that. And then in the end, it's water. How does he know that it wasn't the... Some confluence exactly, of all of them. Exactly, exactly. I mean, surely they're reacting to one another, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they must do, surely. I mean, that water is no longer pure. Yeah. At the very least, you can say that, right? So how does he know that it's water that's affecting them? Maybe it's like, oh, well, now we just have to hope for acid rain. I mean, yes, but the... 
the much larger problem is your biological weapon is fucking useless. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On our planet made of water. Yes. <laughs> this blue marble. Well, it, to me, it was just evidence of the fact that they... Maybe they were looking for something cool to do, right? Mm. Maybe the writing is very vague. You know, in The Matrix, the second Matrix movie, there's that epic action scene, which is like 20 minutes long car chase, and they're on bikes, and they're jumping on mm. the motor and whatever. In the script... Sorry, this is a, may seem like a tangent, but I'm going to get back to this. Don't worry, this is going to be circular. It's going to be awesome. So in the script, the Wachowskis had literally just ri- written boom. And that then translated into 20 or 30 minutes of action on screen, which was epic. Yeah. I reckon that maybe the writers here did that. So they, they hadn't figured out, oh, there's going to be foam or whatever. They had just gone like, they just written like, boom. And then <laughs> something awesome is going to happen on screen. And the BBC then filled that gap by going, so we've, we had to buy a fucking foam machine for the underwater menace. And we don't know what to do with it. Let's just bring it back out. <laughs> I, I think that it's more likely that there was, so uh, Brian Hales' script was extensively ri- written by Terence... Dicks. Dicks. T Yeah. Um, and pro- <laughs> probably because it had giant fucking holes in it and they yeah. had to leave one of them in. Um, I don't know. Brian Hells from Portsmouth, like me. What a dude. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the foam thing was really insidious and creepy and oh, fuck me, that's, you know, except biological warfare, it's scary, right? Yeah. And it was scary for me up until the water. I was like, God damn, that's so pointless. They invalidate so much of this episode, uh, the, the serial. Sure. Fuck this. Uh, Not the only thing that doesn't work in this serial, though. No, but the major thing. Sure. Let's have a chat about TMAT because we both had similar observations before we pressed record. We had a little chat about this. We had similar observations yeah. about TMAT. Okay, so on the face of it, and through the infomercial, it sounds wicked. And the, the opening sequence of Canberra to Tokyo, Tokyo to Mansfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why Canberra? I don't know. Why not? I guess. Right. Right. Oslo to Barnstable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fine, I guess. <laughs> How, but, I mean, they, they don't seem to be all over the place. Which they, they are. There are just like uh, there's a finite amount of stations. In fact, on the moon base, there's a light up screen where they've written down like all twenty of them or yeah. something and, around the fucking world, and, and they're all large enough to house one person. Well, and then the, so the issue seems to be so the team out thing, or at least the thing that we get exposed to, it's cupboard sized, right? Yeah, and not just that, it everything that you transport has yeah. to be carried in a fucking brief. Case. I mean, there's not much room in there. Hey, yo! <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. But so it. <laughs> At one point, we're told that the, like, you know, world hunger and all that, it's all going to go tits up, right? Yeah, how fucking close to starvation are we if we're, like, we're one briefcase away In from a dying? day, one day. Yeah. yeah it's all fun. <laughs> and, and similarly, you've done all it. So no one... So... People in, I don't know, let's say Central Africa are growing something yeah. for the people in Northern Australia. Let's say that's that's the dimension. Sure. Why don't the people in Northern Africa just keep that food and eat it if you can't send it somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, there are a lot of problems here. <laughs> but I was wondering, like, does this mean that there somewhere, maybe there's a huge team at Thing. There, there must be because they talk about raw materials and all that sort of stuff. They're, they're, and ma- they're, yeah, and maybe the the cupboard ones that we get to see—they're just for staff transport exactly. between team at stations. They're just people. T- yeah, I must think be that, something like that. that. Has to be. Um, I like the the uh, the you know dematerialization at the point of departure and rematerialization at the point of arrival. Cool. Don't don't explain anymore. We got you. <laughs> That makes sense. It does make sense, but you know, it's, it's sure. just a funny phrasing. <laughs> um, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There was um, giant problems with it, just with how limited. It sounds amazing as an idea, 
the magic cupboard. Yeah. And, you know, the transporter technology. But yes, in the way it has been deployed seems incredibly limited and not marrying up with its, and, you know, amazing effects. And no backup plan. So so they have <laughs> they have to send someone to the moon. There is absolutely no backup plan, which is ridiculous. And the, so the, the only only rocket in existence on the Earth is a rocket cobbled together by a geriatric in his spare time as like a retirement project. Okay, so here loads of, loads of problems, right? <laughs> like, just a million oh, really? problems. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the TMAT thing. Right? Okay. So you've got this one moon base that controls all TMATs. Yeah. And one way of getting to it. Yep. And coming from it and transporting but food to it via TMAT itself. So there's no, <laughs> I mean, it's awfully circular. <laughs> literally anything like a string would be better just to <laughs> pull people in. <laughs> they're, they're, they're <laughs> well, I don't understand why they've rejected rocket technology. Actually, here's a question for you. Yeah. I think this might be something that we need to look up. When does this take place? I was about to ask. I don't think we ever really told. I think what's quite interesting is that we're supposed to infer it's quite some time in the future because rockets in the ni- you know late 1960s, early 70s were the you know the apex of that technology, right? That was so yeah. they were so wonderful and not otherworldly. I really liked the first picture of like a CCP uh, triple CP um, helmet, like a Soviet helmet. Oh you know, yeah, that, that was it. really really cool. Actually, it was cool. Um, and and yeah, there being a museum. Second giant problem. So Professor Professor Bumbletron. Which one's that? The one. The, oh, the guy that's got a rocket in his pants for rockets. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's built this half-built rocket. Yeah. In his garden. Yeah, pretty much. He himself. It, I mean, you know what it is? It's the Alfred uh, uh, scenario. It's the the Alfred setup of. One um, geriatric British gentleman can build anything. <laughs> you know, Batman needs a spaceship. Alfred <laughs> to the rescue. <laughs> He's got a spanner. <laughs> you know, it's it the exact our, same thing. It is our country's greatest resource. Our, our, our old, <laughs> old, men. old, old retire. Yeah, retirees. Okay, so hang on. I, I can answer the pr- uh, prior question about when this takes place because this makes very little sense to me. So, the Seeds of Death takes place in, according to Todd's uh, Wikia, the late 21st century, okay? So, a hundred years hence. Roughly. From when this was filmed. Yeah, exactly. And what sprang to mind for me was the wheel in space. So, right. the wheel in space is where Zoe turns up. Yep. The wheel in space clearly has rockets, like people, that's... That's what people do. They have a... She's from the late 21st century. I just looked it up. It's 2079. So in... How late is the late uh, century and how much happened in those maximum 20 20 years? After the wheel in space. Like, they just decommissioned every rocket. People didn't go into deep space anymore. They just stuck... In this one, they even say, like, we don't have to go past the moon, right? We have everything we need here, basically. But, yeah, and Zoe should know most of this shit. Exactly! Zoe's... Well, I mean, Zoe's from around about the same time. She's a genius. So we... I feel like if you you plonked me 20 years ago or 20 years from now... Yeah. I won't be so dislocated... No. ...that everything won't make any fucking sense anymore. Yeah, exactly. But, But also, I mean, if... This would be like, we're now in 2016, it would be like in 2036, someone comes up to us and goes, cars, what the fuck are they? <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah? That's exactly what Yeah, exactly. Like. So, I mean, how much happened? This is crazy. Or equally, rockets, what the fuck are they? Well, what are they? And also, what happened to the people that they blasted into space? Have they just abandoned the notion of like, oh, we've got people up there. <laughs> no, we don't need them anymore. They've... We've got food being transported to the moon. Essentially, what the world has done in 2079 or whatever this is set is, yeah. is Brexit. Outer space. 
<laughs> they don't need outer space anymore. <laughs> Fuck outer space. Yep. <laughs> For no apparent reason. Anyway, so they, they have this one rocket at their disposal. Mm. Only one rocket. Until they have another one. Because a little bit later on, they have another rocket to blast a satellite into space. Yes, in fact, the way this gets uh, explained away was uh, Gia Kelly, or Kelly, she's always referred to as Kelly, but Gia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, says, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, by yes. the way. <laughs> quite quite the ponytail. And she just says, well, we've got rockets. To se- we still send satellites up. It's like, oh. On fucking rockets. Yeah. Oh, wait. They're not manned. Nah. This like, is how I find out, Gia. <laughs> Like, they're not manned. It's like, okay, oh, but could they be could, repurposed? Could you, could you put a man on one? <laughs> okay, let's talk about putting men on rockets because we do get the scene where the Doctor, Zoe, and uh, and Jamie are blasted into space mm. without spacesuits. Mm. And as one of our uh, listeners pointed out over Twitter, we'll get to that later on when we get to the minis, uh, but he pointed out that they simulate G-force by pulling back their cheeks. Yeah. It's pretty great. But I have a little reference to this, and I, there's going to be a screenshot on whobackwhen.com, and this definitely will pull in some um, some of the aforementioned type of uh, site visitors that we get. I think we talked about this the last time, because eight minutes and nine seconds into episode two, uh, when they land, uh, the doc touches her thigh, and Jamie, to regain his footing, trumps that and grabs her by the pussy. <laughs> screenshot 809. <laughs> Awful. You're welcome, Mr. Skin. Patrick Trump, uh, Trumpton. <laughs> no, no, this was Jamie. Oh, it's Jamie. No, Jamie, Jamie, sorry. That was Brendan. Trouton was a gentleman. Oh, of course he was. <laughs> he just felt up her leg. <laughs> okay. Okay, but right, so there's only one rocket until there's another one. But there is only one rocket. Why would you give that one rocket to complete strangers who have invaded your space? Now, so it goes that the, the, um, the Doctor and Zoe displayed more knowledge about outer space than anyone else, which... It's funny because Zoe is twenty years yeah behind the, behind you yeah exactly um, so that's that's sort of interesting and but and they were like what about the third one I don't know I think he's a rank idiot should we never let him go he gets another <laughs> shooing yeah oh absolutely like, I thought because I said I think I said in the last review that that was an aberration like it was just they, they were just giving him a shooing for no reason they were clearly giving uh, giving Jamie wee little Jamie a shooing this time do you think I I still think that this is because he no longer wants to be on the show. I think so too. I think they're downgrading his importance yeah. as a character. And Because no one used to talk about how he was un- like poorly educated or didn't quite understand these things. I mean, we've seen him operate machinery, like, you know, high-tech gadgets. At one point, he explains to, I think it was Victoria, how an aerosol can works. There you go. Like shit like that. I mean, those things were not invented in his time. He's super clever. He's super clever. And now all of a sudden, he's just dim-witted. He's a dullard, yeah. Yeah. But in this episode, compared to the last one, he does get to be a lot more alpha. I mean, he, he basically basically sacrifices himself at one point. He takes charge. He, he leads the, the brainless, thuggish action side of the plot. Mm, but he is also... An idiot. An idiot. Yeah, um, a massive, yeah. massive tool bag. Anyway, so they send them to the moon, um, and I guess that's fine to a point. I mean, it does seem like you're putting quite a lot of your eggs in this unknown basket. Yeah. <laughs> but, there you go. <laughs> but then you're good at that, planet Earth. You just, you put all your faith in this magic cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's talk um, team at operators. Okay, so we have we've already talked about Gia, who's the uh, the lady in charge. She's in sh- sort of in charge. Sort of. We can't, we can't ever give a woman the top job. 
Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> but she is, she's pretty much running the show. And, uh, as in, she's the brains behind it anyway. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so there's her. There's, <laughs> do you want to talk about the, the scaredy cast? Is that what you're getting at? This is my favorite word. Okay. Milk toast. Oh! Right? Ex- excellent. He's a milk toast hero. He is. Yeah. I, w- I would not actually go so far as to call him a hero, but yeah, sure. He ends up being quite heroic. <sighs> he sacrifices himself. Yeah, but I mean, hasn't he done enough at that point? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I've... feel like he's quite redeemed himself. I think that's that's a ge- decent amount of redemption. No, I think he's felching Satan in hell right now. That that guy has you're, not you're redeemed himself. You're taking the same thing, yeah, that he's just a ranked traitor, but I don't know. I mean, he's... he's no, he's, he's not... I, wouldn't, I don't know if he's a traitor. He's just such a spineless... Milk toast. Milk toast. You're right. Great word. Great words. Yeah. Oh, why don't we use that more often? It's an American word, so then our, our transatlantic uh, cousins might know it better than we do. Really? But, yeah. I thought that was I'm pretty uh, sure it's 100% actually a Britishism. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced milk toast as well. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. It's supposed to be like, milk toast. Milk toast. Yeah, yeah. He's actually French, you know. Um, I'm still French. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Pardon. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we've got that guy anyway. Mm. Has he been in anything? Have any of these actors been in other stuff? Um, certainly the Ice Warrior. Yes, um, there's one of them whom we have encountered before. Commander La or whatever, um, oh. Z- Zygar, yeah. will end up being other Commander Ice Warriors in the future. Oh, really? Yeah, like three or four of them. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, he, he just comes keep coming back as a slightly changed name, but <laughs> new Commander Ice Warrior. Varga, Zlad. <laughs> Zlaga? Uh, I, th- <laughs> I was thinking of uh, another one of the Ice Warriors who's played by... Can, can we have like a, a Rocky-style background music? <laughs> He's back. Anyway, yeah, so Sonny Caldinas is back, uh, sporting yet another massive... A- he was one of the original Ice yes. Warriors. Uh, he showed up Sans uh, outfits in a couple of episodes, at least one episode, can't remember. Evil of the Daleks, Power of the Daleks, one of those two. Evil of the Daleks, I want to say. Mm. And um, he's played Cyberman. He's played lots of shit. Is it that he's giant? Yes. It's that he's giant. He is sort of a stuntman, I guess. Right. Like, he can, he can take a pounding and he can carry heavy shit. Uh, and <laughs> take a pounding sound really bad there. Like, I mean, everyone loved boning him on sets, is what I'm trying to say. No, anyway, so he was kind of a stuntman. He's also, I feel, maybe not a, a fantastic actor, but also not quite white enough for 60s BBC to give him a chance. So... <laughs> so he always got his face covered with stuff. Yeah, uh, unless he played a mute brute, as was the case in Evil of the Daleks. Great. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of lot of those, aren't there, mm. in classic uh, Rock Tomb of the Cyberman, we had, what's his face? Uh, Torberman, not Doberman. Also, very very close to Cyberman, by the way. Mm. I don't know me after we'd press stop on that recording. Also very close to Toblerone, so, you know. Also close to Toblerone, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're very topical. (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah, anyway, who else do we have? Uh, Oh, I can think of one guy. Okay, only because in episode five of this six-episode arc, uh, this chap gets the most amazing exposition. I'm talking, of course... Of Sir James Gregson. Sir James. Sir James. <laughs> Gregson to his friends. <laughs> Sir to his wife. Jimmy in the chat room. <laughs> uh, yeah, on the chat roulette. <laughs> you might recognize him as Sir Jimmy. 
he gets the most amazing exposition from out of nowhere in episode five. Suddenly a new authoritarian character pops up. We have to cement him as a reliable character. So he gets a, a knighthood. Well, they basically just go, oh, you know, Sir James, plenipotentiary, aristocrat, suffers from indigestion, likes long walks about town, favorite position is the wheelbarrow. Like, <laughs> there's this whole thing. Anyway, sound by 340. Gregson's here. Gregson, eh? Sir James Gregson. United Nations plenipotentiary. Minister with special responsibility for teammates. And your boss, in other words. Don't. <laughs> there's Sir James. So there's that guy. He's in charge of everything. Yeah. Well, he's in charge of being a, just a... Is he the money... He's like a pissy manager. He's the go- he's the, the the like governmental or the like the civil so I don't know what the fuck he is. <laughs> but he's clearly he's clearly part of I don't know the government or the UN or something. Possibly, yeah. The UN do get referred to a lot. They uh so wait when, when the world is going to shit. Yeah. So the T-Mat, the T-Mat is just the cupboard. I, I guess. Because what's, is it just what's the... the computer that keeps telling us about everything that's going oh, on in the world? Oh, I love that computer. He's the best. I am the best computer in the world. I am the best computer. <laughs> <laughs> I know everything. And it, and it does. It knows everything. It does, but it acts so slowly. It's like, stop recording. Stopping recording now. In a moment, I will be stopping this recording. There's only one, actually, one really cool thing. It's in that stop recording thing. Mm. Uh, or stop... Uh, reports. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the computer says, rather than just go like, stopping reports, he goes, further reports will be recorded, or something like that, which is so much more realistic than what you would normally encounter in these scenarios. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I uh, agreed. I agreed. just like that computer in general. He seemed like great. a sassy... Sassy. Sassy. <laughs> it's like it's proto Siri. It's <laughs> such a cool thing. It's like rural places are cool, but you guys in the cities are fucked. Um <laughs> yeah. Okay, what else? Let's go Ice Warriors. Ice Warriors so their breathing is terrible. That has it's, not improved. Oh, so I get it. They're list speed reptiles. Gotcha. Doesn't like they when they're not even talking. That's really annoying. Yeah, I mean, is it meant to be sort of the sound of I guess a snake's tongue or something like that? Some version of that, yes, I think so. But it was just it was infuriating. I agree, ladies and gentlemen, podcast land. If you're not aware of what we're referring to, either give this YouTube or, or better yet, just see where you are. Here's a soundbite. <laughs> It's so annoying. Oh. Like, over people's dialogue as well. Like it, it, there are people on screen having a conversation, and there's just someone and going. It's very, very difficult. Oh, oh, oh. Who thought that was a good idea? Oh, yeah, we sorry. We definitely have to talk about something awesome. Oh, let, let's hear it. The new ray gun fucking effect. Oh, oh, oh. my god. Wow, do they use that effect? Oh, Michael Ferguson, how you... That was amazing. Uh, It's... Yeah. (laughs) It's like they're applying all of the uh, iPhone filters at once. (laughs) And it just has this wonderful wobbly sound of it, like... And then then you're like, you know, your victim just has, like, dog ears for no reason. (laughs) Uh, Stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that sort of shit. And then his heart explodes in his chest. Yeah. It's super badass. Super. And they use it on lots of shit. I mean, they use it on machines as well. Oh my god, we have to talk about machines. But next topic, next topic. Well, well uh, yeah. before we get off on the, you know, the amazing directing of, of Mark Ferguson, the other, there was like, I think in episode two or episode three, yeah. there's like this weird circle cam. Do you, do you pick that up? Wait. Were all the frames just for like a minute there while they were like going through some checks or something, or just before I think the takeoff? Yeah. Everything's just in a circle. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a screen. 
Isn't that a monitor? Like yeah, in the future, exactly. you have a circular monitor, and, and, and um, it's looking back at the operator because it like there's there's um, Gia Kelly and like you know it just goes through it, and it's oh, awesome. You're right. It's wicked. Yeah. It it worked for me. And I didn't that, even think I about mean, it. The really. music's really good, and the, like all the shots were were pretty cool. There are a lot of things in this. I mean. At first, I was thinking, oh, maybe I could shorten, like, maybe we could shorten this series a little bit. It doesn't have to be six episodes. But you know what? I'm so glad that it is six episodes because I thought the pacing throughout was great. And there are, scattered across these six episodes, we have these little ambience pieces like mm. that. And that the doctor running of- around with this, like, wonderful piano music in the background. Mm. Like, Michael yeah. Harrison clearly, like, some classical director that, like, liked silent film or some yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Charlie Chaplin springs to mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no. You, you know that guy, Buster? Yeah. He's... He's doing really well in Hollywood. <laughs> Do one of those, Patrick. It, it, it works. Yeah. It works. I'm actually surprised that you like that bit because there's a similar thing that happens in The Invasion where he's jumping around and he's almost getting his tushy uh, uh, fired upon by I the Sudman. Generally speaking, I don't like it, but I think the way that it was framed, yeah. there was not, it was absolutely incongruous in The yeah, Invasion. Yeah, I mean, it goes... It was just random, like he was, they were murdered. Oh, in The Invasion. Uh, here you know. as well, man. Whenever he... It goes from full-on... It, this lumbering alien is killing people but with, I think, indiscriminately I think to Hanna-Barbera. But the thing, I think it's framed by his direction, like that he does the, he employs versions of, of sort of like tableau-esque directing, right? Yeah. At, at more, at, at better intervals and, uh, you know, more spread out. Whereas the invasion, it was just super incongruous. All of a sudden. All of a nowhere. sudden, for yeah. no reason. <laughs> and never again. It's just, you know, whereas in the, this actually, that happens a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm into it. Bingo bongo. Should we talk about machines? Let's talk about And, and UI. Let's talk about UI. Go on. <laughs> okay. So I've got a few ex- examples. I mean, the, the, there is one particularly great one. Is it the I, one that I, I WhatsApped yes, to everyone? Um, <laughs> and in my head, the conversation went, okay, so we're in this moon base right so you bill you're going to do the consoles great okay and then can you work out the the air conditioning system yeah and then you bob can you can you sort out a thermometer what type of thermometer just one of the standard uh, thermometers one of those that goes from you know i don't know if from cold to full on yeah. you know yeah just do those oh, that's what we're trying to do right something that will control the okay i've got some ideas we also need some and kind of machine that can you know make things either really wet or really dry i mean how about that can we have that <laughs> But I like I like the idea that Bob, the guy in charge of the thermostat, was just super flamboyant. Oh, oh, oh really? Flamboyant? I was like, going to go with, like, he was bigly on the spectrum and just took everything super duper literally. He's like, oh, yes, uh, wet and dry, that's happening. I don't know. No. Cold, I, full I, on, that's happening. I like the idea that he was stifled in his desi- in his creative design. I just want to use the word bigly. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's just like, oh, none of these things excite me. Let's get a ship wheel. In fact, let's make it nautical <laughs> yes, themed, though. You're right. Why is it a ship wheel? Why, is it, Why ship? is it a ship wheel? Why isn't it like you have so many other gadgets around this room that look super Why duper modern? Why is it a ship wheel that is like at an awkward height on the back wall? Because <laughs> I like to think that Bob was trying to make everything nautical themed. Like, he just realized. God sailors. damn it. I didn't get to be on the underwater menace. <laughs> I built all these props for the underwater menace. <laughs> they're, they're bloody going to get used at some point. Oh, no, no. I don't. I don't mean Bob, the designer of the production. I oh, mean the, Bob, the, the carpenter. The, no, the, Bob, the actual, the moon base, the fictional moon base. Oh, like architect. <laughs> you just stove and it's like, guys, can we just get sailor uniforms? No, Bob. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just make a fucking thermometer, Bob. <laughs> 
But we're still okay with all the boxes outside of the trousers, right? <laughs> yes, we are. Excellent. Good. Just checking. But so, so, James, <laughs> would you like... Uh, we, we, we're thinking to get us some suits tailored. Uh, it's like, can it be one-piece latex? Uh, one... <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> Is it okay if it's one-piece latex? Also, I'd like you to draw suspenders on them. <laughs> I'm a 70-year-old man, and this will look very flattering. <laughs> I don't get <laughs> the ship wheel though had me in fucking. The stitches. ship wheel is fantastic. So this is this is what I what's up to the the gang before we had even seen this. I was in the middle of watching this on the bus going to work, just like holy fuck, everyone needs to see this. <laughs> also, the other problem is so it went from like thirty centigrade, which is pretty fucking warm. Yeah, to like it is already warm. Fifty, and that just plain kills them. Yeah, which why wouldn't it kill the humans? And also, it why. Why would you have it go up that far? <laughs> What's going to happen on, you know, hot parts of the Earth after they've taken over? Well, so the other problem I had is the ice warriors come to colonise or to you. Like, yeah. Well, we've got loads of uninhabitable stretches of yeah. the world that are too cold. So, here you go. There's you Antarctica. Live there. Yeah. No, that's a, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good idea. I mean, it might do something to the, the Earth ecosystem. But the thing is that the ice warriors, they just don't strike me as sharers. Like, yeah, they don't. They want a place to themselves. Yeah. They want to kick their feet up. Ever since Mars became uninhabitable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Um, Okay. uh, (laughs) Since we're talking about uninhabitable places and temperature on Earth and so on and so forth... I've got a note here to say that, oh yeah, it was cold that Ottawa and Berlin had in common. Uh, (laughs) So all of these places that they list, they are excruciatingly cold, right? And they bring up Stockholm, fine. Mm. I'm from Stockholm. It's not, it is cold. It's not that cold, but sure. They bring up Ottawa. Okay, Mm. I'm on board. Never been there. Seems super cold to me. Berlin. Pretty cold. I feel like there was some place in... So there was... Here are the ones that, that, that hit me. So yeah, Berlin, London. Was London, London on the was on there. Really? And New York, right? Which are, in winter, very cold. Sure. London, not so much, but New York, very cold. A, this did not seem to be the winter to me. And also, B, these are the coldest places you can think of. Well, he mentioned... He mentions that... Uh, and maybe they were trying to hit urban popular. These were the coldest big urban centres. That happen to have one of these cupboards. Right, that's fine. Okay. But it's pretty short-sighted, because you've got about three months to get your shit together before, before, well, I mean, six months, definitely, before New York turns into a fucking cauldron. If if anyone's been to New York in the summer, it's hot as fucking balls. You don't even have to go to New York. Dude, Stockholm is a cold place. I wear t-shirts there in the summer. Occasionally, London gets hot. (laughs) Like, there's at least two days a year where London is We're crazy. We're 30 minutes yeah. from London right now. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. That seems stupid. Ottawa, I'm sure, gets fucking hot. Uh, Jesus. Okay, got another question. Mm. In order to save the day, mm. they use yet another weather augmenting, weather controlling station, just like they did in the moon base. Mm. Except in this case, they, they use it to create rain across the entire nation. Quote. Yes. What happens to Ottawa, Berlin, Stockholm, and all the other notoriously cold places? Oh, oh, are we supposed to care about that? We're not supposed to care. Fuck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so let's say... London we... saved. London saved. <laughs> London calling. Oh, no, can't, can't call anyone. Everyone's dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, fine. Let's say we don't care about that. Europe, Canada, <laughs> everywhere cold. Yeah. Except the UK. And is now is covered in yeah is covered in foam and very possibly dying and possibly being taken over mm. well i guess not necessarily no, no, being not taken, taken over they're just anymore. dead just dying yeah you're right okay okay cool that was that was that's all i wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, but all right, so fine, on the taken over point then. Did you not also think that it was way too easy to just thwart their plans? Well, as I've already alluded to... Not the rain, I mean the the invasion force. Because we've got another... Just like in the invasion, we have a a homing beacon Mm. and we have a spaceship approaching. And the commander and whatever, yeah, and they're... You know, Grand Marshal? Grand Marshal. Mm. Grand Field Marshal. Um, yeah. And uh, why they wouldn't just have another go? <laughs> well, it, it just went from, oh, oh, I, I, I guess he had disabled the signal thing. What I don't understand. Okay, more more things I don't understand. I mean, we, we tried to put a moratorium on this many, many episodes. Just kill ago. everyone. Just kill everyone. But So you're a race of, of warriors that now know this planet exists, yep. have the means to get there. Indeed. Team at or otherwise. Yeah. Because you got to the moon, you could probably go that extra however many hundreds of thousands of kilometers to go to, the, to Earth. Oh, yeah. You're bulletproof. Yep. Check. Carry on. What's next? <laughs> and you're a race of super warriors. It- also With checks out heart exploding cannons bingo but you don't like the warmth and <laughs> why okay just fucking go to oslo in january then and destroy <laughs> everyone like the norwegians are gonna they're a fierce people but they're not gonna put up that much of a fight how about this it, you're probably quite clever as it is right yeah uh, i mean apparently <laughs> if you're if you're even going to use the team at system i don't understand why they couldn't just bombard the earth with these foam capsules mm. but let's say they are going to use team at why are they leaving people alive there? Like, take it over. Go, is that how you work it? Oh, great. Ka-ching. Done. And then well, <laughs> that's no, the sound no, no. of them plunking a, popping a cap you in their ass. You basically did this exact same thing with... Uh, Moonbase? Moonbase. Invasion. <laughs> uh, Ice Warriors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think I basically say the exact same. T- uh, every time, yeah. it's maybe a problem with dexterity. <laughs> is it that their Lego hands yeah, can't exactly. operate the team mats? <laughs> that's all i've got for you but it keeps working <laughs> i guess so yeah <laughs> but i do okay yeah and on the topic of dexterity i mean they they are the least limber <laughs> people i have ever encountered they are amazing they have elbows but they choose not to <laughs> they, use them let's not use them <laughs> it, it's also <laughs> walk after that man slowly he must not escape is this the like Michael Myers trope of uh, so anyone can walk behind you and they'll still catch up? Essentially, yes. Because I I thought that when I, at one point when Jamie was sort of uh, running away from an ice warrior, yeah, I just thought I'd be I'd just because he was running around some pillars and stuff. And oh, yeah, 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 in the like, weather augmenting station. Yeah, and I thought I could literally do this all day. Yeah, I could. No, no, not a problem. Not a problem. No, nope. a cardio cardio game is strong. I've got this. I, I'll never be murdered by an ice warrior. There's a there's a great scene. I think this is in that same, uh, possibly not the same scene, but certainly in the same building in episode four. Uh, I've just written down an ice warrior arrives and gets stuck in a loop of double takes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he's does. just like looking one way, looking the other way, looking one way, looking the other way. It just goes on for like a minute. <laughs> like you actually think that maybe the the footage has got stuck. <laughs> But no, 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 no. Yeah, awful. <laughs> also, so the foam, so the seed when thing it, the doctor gets one nearly kills him. Yes, right, right, early doors. Yeah, but then he's swimming around in the foam and he's good. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, your problem being? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's move on. That's that's I have fine. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> So there is that. I also made a note to say, and this I had completely forgotten about this, this is knowledge passed on to me by past us 
from that um, Ice Warriors review. Mm. Turns out they breathe nitrogen. The uh, Ice Warriors, they breathe nitrogen. Okay, that raises more questions. Yes, answers. exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the foam, is it is it meant to basically empty out the entire atmosphere of the Earth? Uh, of oxygen. Of oxygen, okay, yeah. Oh, oh, I see. I guess that solves the problem? What? No, no, that's fine, because <laughs> the atmosphere is 72% nitrogen. Yes. How is that going to be replenished? How are they functioning aboard the, uh, the moon base? That's, that's the they... bigger problem. How they'd function on Earth with the rest of the oxygen you've gone. And, and actually, with the atmosphere being how it is, it's probably all right, right? Is this why they're wheezing all the time? Why they come that across as asthmatic. A good eye. That, I like that, that. They're like, oh, well, we, we can only siphon what little nitrogen we can get from this lunar base atmosphere. Maybe it's like like altitude. Like, like you know. Yeah, like you climb high enough and all of a sudden it's, it becomes difficult to breathe. And this is what they experience every single day. You know what? I understand why they're cranky. Yeah. This is tough. And and walking around like... <laughs> like oh, my God. Double takes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm going to look right again. <laughs> Yeah, no, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but what doesn't make sense is yeah. like, okay, um, their atmosphere is made up of, you know, three quarters nitrogen, the rest of some oxygen and, and yeah. other shit, right? Cool. Well, and carbon dioxide. We're going to go down and take away the oxygen, kill everyone, and we'll be go- uh, golden. Yeah. Well done, Commander Blah. Great idea. And we're going to use it <laughs> with this foam. Oh, cool. What, you know, what, what's the foam going to do? It's going to take away the oxygen. Great. And, and is there, is there going to be any hiccups? Do you foresee any problems? What's the risk assessment here? Uh, well, it, it gets dissolved by water. Oh. Okay, that's good. That's, that's not a problem. Is there much, is there much <laughs> water on Earth? Yeah, it's basically mostly water. There are great big bodies of it. It's referred Huge. to as the blue planet. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. This is the best. So, <laughs> And that's where, ladies and gentlemen, somewhere around wherever that reveal is in episode five or six, was I just lost it. I was having a great time. And then I was just like, I can't, I can't have it. You yeah. can't M. Night Shyamalan me. No, no, it's done. <laughs> okay, uh, another question for you. So is reprogramming the team at really the easiest way to dispose of the doctor's body? And, sub question, <laughs> if someone climbs into the back of the team at cupboard and pulls the doctor's body out of there and then closes the hatch in the back again, will you not notice? Two things. Yeah, yeah, carry on. So firstly, <laughs> clearly not, because and why Why they chose to dispose of his body and not anyone else's. Yeah. Of all the other people they murdered. Well, isn't there an airlock? Can they just chuck it out, yeah, outside? It, that's or surely in what another they've been cupboard. doing with it Maybe really they matter. just piled up bodies in one of the cupboards, in like one of the sun cupboards. Yes. Um, and they're not noticing part... Uh, I don't know, they don't seem that observant. It takes them so long to notice anything. Like the idea that there was a giant... Uh, a ship's wheel <laughs> at, a, at an inconvenient height or the two ice warriors that walk into the uh, the middle of the three solar panel thingies that Ugh. are pointed at it i mean we get the same way of disposing of an ice warrior twice i mean almost identical and it's because of their own stupidity i mean jamie and what's her face what's her face again kelly Kelly, yeah, Gia, they're like Vord hiding in this room. No one notices them. And they just, the Ice Warriors just happily walk into the middle of the killer machine. Well, that's, that's, I, I'm fine with that. But what I don't understand is why Commander Vlaga, Var, whatever, doesn't keep going. Exemplification. Where, where are all my, my men? My, <laughs> where do they keep What's going? <laughs> why am I not concerned about this? <laughs> doesn't mention it like once. Nope. <laughs> no, he's fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> couple of questions. Stop with your questions. <laughs> no, 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 I've got some questions. I, I need some answers to, to these questions. How did they get to the moon base? How they got there? Yeah, ice warriors by rocket. 
Oh, so there's a way of no. What they did is that they they found um, a supply room, right, with some sugar, with some sugar, <laughs> went through the hole and then just put up the sugar in its place. Which, as we already know, sugar seals any. It may also have been that they took one of the old men's sweaters and plugged <laughs> the hole. Yeah, please, 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 ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, go back and listen to our review of the moon base, <laughs> where you'll learn a lot about lunar architecture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fuck. Okay, yeah, that's my note here. Chap Vord hides in the solar energy storeroom. In brackets, isn't that what Mexican Patrick Troughton invented? <laughs> okay. All right. I think we've picked this thing apart. Wait, hang on. I've got a few more things, oh, man. I'm really sorry. Can I, can I just... First off, let's just pop a couple of sound bites in here because it, I, it's not Sir James and it's not uh, Professor Bumbleface. <laughs> Bumbletron. Bumbletron. Apologies <laughs> to all Bumbletrons who might be listening. Uh, it's the other guy, the guy in the in the middle, the the former friend of Professor Bumbletron, yes. who comes in and just shivs him in the back and steals his invention. Yeah, what's his face? I can't remember his name. Anyway, he can't pronounce the the word autopsy. Get Brent's body over to the medical wing. Tell him I want a full autopsy. And as a consequence, he goes autopsy. The autopsy report on Brent. <laughs> <laughs> so, just a couple of things. Uh, number one, the chap who sacrifices himself in episode one, you know, the guy who's sort of, I guess, in charge of the lunar base, mm. uh, the sub-manager or whatever. Did you catch his name? Mm. It's Osgood. Oh! His name is Osgood. So, I mean, I'm assume, I don't know if maybe that name turns up later on in Classic Who, but I'm assuming that this is the name that they were thinking of. This is the chap that they were thinking of when they created Osgood in New Who. Why? I don't know, because he's a good guy. He sacrifices himself. Yeah, maybe. But then again, a lot of good guys have sacrificed themselves. Yeah. This would be a particularly tangential person to... You know what it could be? It could be that Osgood himself, this character was named after someone on the production team, and the new Who character was also named in honor of, like it's an homage to the same Doctor Who founding person. We're just creating our own legends here. We well, possibly. <laughs> are, are you going to Todd's Wiki? I am. Just, Check it well, out. I'm just going to look at. I'm just going to Google Osgood. Osgood. Okay. While you do that, I'm going to bring up a couple of more connections. So in episode one, we also get a, a Patrick Troughton reference to Leonardo da Vinci, and. In, uh, is it City of Death? It's mm. City of Death. Uh, Tom Baker's fourth doctor encounters Da Vinci. Actually, I, don't, I can't remember if he even meets Da Vinci, but certainly Da Vinci is part of the plot. It's the one we talked about this on, on Who Back When Before. It's where this alien monster guy has a fantastic plot to get Da Vinci to repaint the Mona Lisa over and over again so that he can sell them in the present day. It's pretty great. Okay, I guess that is it then. Uh, shall we jump into super quick ratings? Super quick ratings. Super quick ratings. And now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, hey, la, 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 la. Ratings. Go for it. So, as always, my ratings have been thought about for a really long time and not composed during the course of this recording. As always. I'm going 2.5 because <laughs> it would have been something more like a high three, early fours, if it wasn't for the foam that gets explained by World Water. Fuck you, M. Night Shyamalan, <laughs> and all your predecessors, and all your forebears. There you go, done. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go 2.6, because I think this is just slightly above a pass. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it, it's a, it would have been enjoyable. good. It had loads of great elements. It could have been so great. 
I would have happily given this a super high mark, but it's not worth more. 2.6. Boom. So we had many listener minis. We do indeed. So again, I'm afraid we're going to have to truncate quite a lot of these, but they can all be read in their entirety on whobackwhen.com. Slash something something seeds of death. But yeah, go to whobackwhen.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're all they're all wonderful, so we're just going to pick out pertinent bits. Um, starting with Peter Zed. Zunage, the Zedmeister. How's it going, Peter? Everything uh, good? Rad. Cool. <laughs> okay. I'll start with Peter. Okay, go for it. So from the excitable computer to the doctor taking running lessons from Charlie Chaplin which comes up a few times. Yeah. <laughs> this is without a doubt one of the best Doctor Who stories. The sets are beautiful and interesting. Team at Control Center looks stunningly awesome. The museum is full of nods to past Who, including the Dimension Link from the Web Planet. Ooh, I didn't catch that. Every character gets their moment to shine, with the exception of any god, a.k.a. cannon fodder. And shine is what these actors do. I love the debate over how over-reliant Earth has become on T-Mass. When they're deprived of its use, everyone repents as society falls. Yet when it's back, they sing its praises again as if nothing happened. Typical human behaviour. The story is well-paced and its length is perfectly justified. Uh There's there's very little I would change from this script, except perhaps the idea of sending a water-soluble fungus to a planet (laughs) that is three-quarters water is pretty silly. Pretty silly, Peter! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, the Ice Warrior plan is sound and for once not excessively convoluted. We get a bit of the old, we can't navigate without a beacon thing here, but it's it's handled slightly different. And is more believable. If only because the if only because it seems the Ice Warriors are not as advanced as the Cybermen. In closing, he says, I'd just like to say that in an ideal world I would be married to Miss Kelly. I'd have that computer system where I work and team ads to get me there. This story gets a false beacon of a rating at four point seven. Wow. Holy smokes. Hot down. See, Peter, I feel like you've not given enough weight to the pulse of <laughs> fungus, but I take your your enthusiasm Absolutely. and the spirit it's given. You're, you're making me question my own uh, racing here. That, that is, <laughs> that's an awesome mini. Thank you very much for sending that in. Actually, for a little bit of context, Leon had a little crisis after we I had did. a little scan of these. It's like, have I given it too Oh my God. <laughs> have I given it too low? This podcast is going to hate me now. What is this? <laughs> and Peter, I'm, that is awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> Moving on. Y'all motherfuckers about to get blessed. <laughs> yep, it is Trenton Bless, uh, who sent in a slightly minier Maxi this time, yet uh, to Maxi a mini, so we're going to truncate. We we, uh, we we applaud your efforts, Trenton, to try to, <laughs> to try, try to fit the ball <laughs> your own fervor. Though I'm afraid we've done it again for you. Yeah, um, sorry about that. But you can read his full review on whobackwhen.com. Trenton goes... I'll start this one, shall I? Though it's a perfunctory outing for the companions, Troughton is on imperious form as the Doctor, dodging his foes with a Chaplin-esque bounce of the feet, touching his fingertips together repeatedly when he gets excited and repelling attempts to be executed with the words, Your leader will be angry if you kill me! I'm a genius! It's basically the moon base with Ice Warriors. <laughs> it's been extended a few episodes. Yes. Yes, it has, Trenton. Yes, it has. Uh, <laughs> so what can I give this serial? Well, it's going to be an easy 3.0 out of 5 from me. Ooh. The serial was fairly average, but it really can't be it can't contend with its predecessor, can it? For reference, I gave the original Ice Warrior story a 3.5 out of 5. I think the original Ice Warrior serial was much better than this, but I still found this serial enjoyable. Okie dokie. <laughs> Thanks, Trenton. Thank you very much for sending that in. Ladies and gentlemen, you can high-five him online. He is at Trenton Bless. That's Bless with two S's. And then our next comes from Erin. It's Dr. Zed. It's Dr. Zed. That's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> we'll figure something yeah, out. Yeah, well, well, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll ruminate <laughs> on it. 
Okay, so Erin had this wonderful opening paragraph, but we also found her, she, she has a, a list of random points that we found compelling. So we're going to read that, but we encourage you to go and read the full thing. Absolutely. So, start us off. Um, her other random points. The opening credits of Stroke Music are awesome in this aerial. Truth. Truth. <laughs> One more incident of nobody worrying too much about who the TARDIS crew are and where the hell they came from, despite both sides claiming not to know them. <laughs> Check. Doctor and Jay-Z simulating weightlessness was hilarious, <laughs> as, was in the, uh, as was the fact that when they crash land, Jemmy basically dives onto Zoe's crotch. Yes! Yes, exactly. <laughs> Immediately followed by the Doctor resting his hand on her upper thigh. These guys are just waiting for excuses. Holy shit, Yes. A hundred percent. That's just horrible. That's <laughs> Screenshot. Horrible. Screenshot on who back when. Okay. Disgusting. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I can actually hear Trump applauding in the background. Okay, she goes on. 14 TMAT location buttons and two are in Canada. Thanks for the shout out, Doctor Who said people. <laughs> they are mistaken, however, in describing Ottawa as a, quote, major population center. <laughs> it definitely isn't and won't be anytime soon. I really hope you're from Ottawa <laughs> yeah. to be able to make that. Otherwise, we're going to just get loads of angry, angry Ottawans. Yeah, Ottawans. <laughs> Um, I think that what they did there was pick the capital of Canada as Ottawa in the same way that Canberra is the capital of Australia but not its most ma- its major population. Do you know where the other Canadian location was? Because Canada's a huge freaking place. No, I don't. Was there one? Well, she just said there are two locations in Canada. Oh. Oh, I don't know then. Was it the other one in Toronto? Vancouver? I don't know. The other side of fucking Canada? One of them? Yeah. Okay. Right. Next point. Um, why is there a hall of mirrors on the moon? Excellent question. That's because the moon people are vain. (laughs) (laughs) Because, obviously. (laughs) Okay, next up. T-Man's voice is the absolute best thing about this story. (laughs) Hundy P. (laughs) So much vord hiding. The plot practically hinges on the IWs having no peripheral vision. You may as well have done this yourself here, Erin. You're kidding. Major points. (laughs) Also, vord hiding is now a thing. It is a thing. This is a thing. (laughs) I hope you're listening to us, Oxford English Dictionary. Okay, next point. The IW's big weapon can be defeated by rain? Way to do your homework, bad guys. I was struck by how much murdering the TARDIS crew did in the serial and how much of these murders were carried out by the Doctor. He condemned an entire armada without batting an eye. Oh, Compared yeah. to New Who, I was finding this lack of ethical hand-wringing refreshing. Two, two is the pragmatist. I found Four's later inability to kill Davros maddening in comparison. <laughs> so you are a fan of the... Well, of, the War Doctor and... The murder everyone. Yeah. Why doesn't everyone just murder everyone? Um, <laughs> Okay, Erin concludes by saying so much more to say, but I've already gone a tad long, I think. Four out of five from me. Woof! Wow. And you can follow Dr. Erin Zimmerman on Twitter. She is at Dr. Z. That's Z with two Ds. I mean, you know what? I, I'm really sorry. I'm starting. I'm really, really regretting my my mark. I have no such crisis of conscience. Wait, hang on. We've got one more to mention, and then I'm, I'm going to take a super quick time out to check what I gave the Ice Warriors. Okay. Okay. Um, so this came from from Mark Dunn at Mark Dunn One on uh, Twitter. He, he tweeted us a series of uh, of points for his, his review, but of technology being what it is, and and the inconvenience of it, we've not been able to keep it. <laughs> However, we did find the review uh, the the, the 
um, score itself, and he gave it a 3.5. Hopefully we'll hear from Mark in the future in Notepad. It, yes, exactly. Thank you very much for, for getting in touch, though, Mark. Okie dokie, quick timeout. I'm going to find out this what I gave a, the Ice Warriors. This is a rarer occurrence where you gave it a slightly higher mark than I did. Or oh, much really? higher mark than I did. 2.1? Oh, no, uh, lower, sorry. Um, uh, you know what? I think that's kind of fair, then. If I gave that 2.1, I'm happy to give this a 2.6. I like that, how, how accurate my internal compass is. <laughs> That's pretty much, that's pretty fucking solid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Screw your notes, Drew, back when. <laughs> Bing bong, future Ponkin here. I'm really sorry. I, I just had to jump in with a, a, a teeny tiny interruption and give a massive shout out to uh, one of our fans, Liam Cahill. Liam, you great big legend. Ladies and gentlemen, podcast lands. Everyone, put your hands together for Liam, who sent us a whole bunch of Doctor Who DVDs. It is totes malotes amazing. They arrived this morning, and I am currently looking at. Oh my goodness, what do we got here? The E Space Trilogy with Tom Baker, The Trial of a Time Lord with Colin Baker, The Dalek War Box uh, comprising Frontier in Space and Planet of the Daleks with Pertwee. We've got Silver Nemesis and Remembrance of the Daleks and. Oh my god, of New Who, we have the complete fourth series and the complete fifth series here. This is awesome. Liam, thank you so much for sending those in. That is super duper nice of you. Much appreciated. I don't want to give anything away, but there may be something coming your way for Christmas. Thank you so much again. Okie dokie, back to the show. Ciao, ciao. So, thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of Who Back When. Next up, we have a new Who review, I believe, and it's going to be of... Planet of the Ood. <laughs> Excellent pronunciation. The next classic is going to be The Space Pirates, which I believe is going to be the very last solo ever. Oh, wow. Is it, is it ma- majorly missing? I think so. Cool. But this is awesome. I will have gone through all of the missing ones. <laughs> <laughs> And then the next audio who will be the cannibalists. Didn't see that coming, did you? As per usual. (laughs) It's that one legendary episode. Oh, speaking of legendary episodes, thank you everyone who wrote in and asked about this. We have recorded a a bonus review of Class. The the Flapjack and I sat down to record that, but it turns out Flap still hasn't got a microphone, so the audio quality ended up being so absolutely abysmal. It was done with two baked bean tins. Uh, String. String from London to Oxford. (laughs) And uh, consequently, I'm going to be dropping that episode whenever I have a spare 72 hours straight to sit down and edit it. Sadly. Sorry about that. But thank you very much for crying out. Anyway, until the next episode, get in touch with us. You can high-five Nick online. He is at... Nickalele. That's right. And you can high-five me online at Ponkin. You know how to spell that. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you in the next one. Be right next to each other. And cha-chao. Bye. Kablamo. Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account, no lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. 
Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or, <laughs> still funny, audio Who review. Cha ciao. Who back when?